0: To the, to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, welcome to the Southern Bancorp studio here in Hattiesburg. Bob Getty, Kelly Center, with you today from Hattiesburg. We're glad you're tuned in around the Supertalk radio network online, wherever you found us. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Opening segment of the show is always sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue. We Thank those great guys, Justin Harris, and all those guys for their support of Southern Miss Sports. And of course, for the Eagle Hour, great place for you to enjoy a great meal. In many ways, a historic week for Southern Miss, as the Golden Eagles, as of this morning, have achieved the highest national rankings in program history number five in the perfect game poll, number six in D1, number six in the coaches poll. And number seven in baseball, America, RPI of 13. And that's after the Golden Eagles have another clean sweep week beating Southeast Louisiana on Tuesday night and three games against Florida International and Miami over the weekend. Head baseball coach Scott Berry joins us. Congratulations, coach, on another good week. Let's, uh, let's start with Tuesday night. Uh, that was a tough one. Kelly told me that Southeast Louisiana was going to be a handful. And indeed, they turned out to be just that.
2: Well, they are, you know, they're always well coached by Matt Reiser. Uh, He's really been hit by the injury bug this year. And, you know, so it was it was a game that obviously came down to to that ninth inning on on a really big play that went in our favor, but you know, that game featured 18 hits, but you know, it just felt like it was a pillow fight the whole night in all honesty. I mean, it just didn't seem like much was getting hit hard and, and, runs were at a premium but thank goodness that Chris Sargent was in the in the lineup he hit two home runs that night Gabe gave us an all-needed sacrifice fly to 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 plate the third one run which was eventually the the winning run but you know really really great relief pitching that we saw that night out of out of our staff I mean you look at Drew Boyd when he came in there in the uh, in the fifth inning and uh, inherited a runner at first and one out there was some momentum going on at that time we were up two to nothing and he induces the a double play ball to, to end that threat which was really really big on uh, just his one one hit bat or one batter that he saw and then obviously we turned it over to, to Isaiah who who didn't Pretty well, but Ben Etheridge came on and uh, and had a good evening for us. But Garrett Ramsey was the one who who really uh, got in there in the ninth inning and got his third save with a really clean inning outside of one hit, but struck out two guys and and performed really nice for us.
0: All right, so nice midweek win. Uh, midweeks have been good this year. Then you have to you know it was a short week. You played on Tuesday night. You have to catch an airplane uh, on Wednesday because Thursday night you're in the back on the East Coast in Miami playing, and uh, it's always good, though, on Thursday night to have Tanner Hall, who goes seven and a third innings and uh, pretty much uh, suffocates uh, the opponent. Uh, and then I got to be honest with you, my personal favorite, Landon Harper, which we around here call the dog, he came in and cleaned up, but another solid pitching night by your ball club.
2: Really was. I mean Tanner ever since the fifth weekend of the season that he, he has taken over the Friday night spot, performed very, very well for us. I mean, he takes the lead. He's the lead dog on the on that weekend uh series and, and, and once again covers seven and a third. Gives up three runs, but you know, only two of those were earned. Um, you know, we had a couple of couple of errors in in one of those innings that, that cost us um but, you know, he, he pitched around it, had nine strikeouts, no freebies. You know, there were no walks. And like you alluded to, Landon Harper comes in and he gets his six saves, pitches an inning and two-thirds, only gives up one hit, and strikes out two and walks nobody. So it was a nice night there offensively. You know, Pato had a, uh, the top of the order. You know, Pato, Dickerson, and Ewing all combined for six hits in all five runs and, and really performed performed nice. Gabe had a good night for us down there in the eight hole with three hits, going three for three and with one walk. So, you know, what we needed him to do in order to, to get back around to that top of the lineup to turn it over to get back to, to Peyto to, to drive some runs in.
0: Right. Then you come you come back the next night, you've got Peito, Dustin Dickerson, Reese Ewing, Rodrigo Montenegro, each three hits, a seventeen hit barrage by your team behind continued solid pitching from hunter riggins when you're playing like that you're just almost impossible to beat
2: yeah you know when you look at the that line on that game it was kind of interesting you had 17 hits you had 12 runs but you had 17 left on base season high uh, right yeah so you know it just kind of scratch your head sometimes but you know baseball sometimes will they'll put out some funny numbers at you but you know riggins he's held that saturday spot the whole year and uh you know, I don't know if he had his best stuff. Uh, you know, FIU really battled him. You know, it's kind of interesting because on Friday night, they were very aggressive early in the count swings against Tanner. and uh, But then on, on Saturday, they really waited Hunter out a little bit and uh, really kind of got his pitch count up there. He ended up 86 pitches in six innings. And, uh, you know, he had eight strikeouts, two walks, four runs, and all those were earned. But, Isaiah Rhodes, uh, you know, once again, that young man has has been so crucial to this staff, and and in that middle relief comes in and right. covers three innings for us, only gives up two hits and no runs, and uh, you know what a great job he did to earn his first save of the year.
0: Here's a great stat I, I really impresses me about the Saturday game. Uh, it's fair to say, I guess, Hurston Waldrop just kind of wasn't in the groove uh, this weekend. And so you pull him early, and your relief staff comes in and holds FIU scoreless for nine and a third innings, coach.
2: And had to work around some things, right? You know, right. Uh, I mean, and really did. I mean, if you look at, uh, you know, uh, I think it was Ben Etheridge. You know, he comes in there for in, in in Hurston's absence, and and he inherits runners at first and third with two outs, and and he gets a big K for us. So. Every reliever really came in and inherited runners, and and did really well with them, and not allowing them to score and holding that damage down. You had, you know, uh, uh, you had Landon Harper that came in and inherited runners. Uh, well, you had you had Dalton Rogers had second and third with two outs and gets a four three ground ball. You had Ramsey that inherited runners at first and second and nobody out. And gets an F7. He walks a, a, a hitter and then gets an F7. And then um, he has a, um, he, we had a 2-5 where we get caught stealing where we throw a guy out. So, guys performed really, really well for us in, in that. Harper, first and second, and nobody out. And his inning in the seventh and relief of Rodgers. He gets a K, uh, uh, fly out to the third baseman, and then a 6-4 put out. So, but but Ramsey covering four innings there on Saturday, he was just he was spot on.
0: No question, just a tremendous pitching staff. Before we get to the break, because I know Kelly's got plenty to ask you. Have you ever seen a play like the one in the ninth inning Saturday, where <laughs> where the where the guys on third base and he believes that the the winning run has been walked in and he loses, I guess, his concentration. Uh, and, and the, the pitch is called a strike, and, and you pick him off on third base.
2: Well, it's crazy because, you know, in real time, of course, the bases were loaded. It was a 3-1 count. It's two outs. Uh, ball four, and the ball game's over. I mean, it's a right. 4-4 game in the ninth. And so in real time, when you're sitting there watching it, based on his strike zone that he had been calling for both teams, you know, if he calls it a ball, I'm like, yeah, there's a ball. I mean, that's what he's been calling and it looked, in, in his delay, it seemed like he delayed the strike call much longer than what he normally did. But then, of course, when, when you have four hours to kill at the airport, you <laughs> see everything on Twitter. And so I'm watching these replays, and I'm like, you know what? That was a strike. Mm-hmm. And he really didn't delay that strike call any longer than what he had done previously in there. So, you know, it's just a uh, heads up on on Blake's case uh you know their their runner he's going off their hitter his hitters the hitters when the ball the pitch is thrown i mean he's taking his gloves off like it's ball four and and the game's over of course you know if it was ball four he'd have to go to first base to touch it before it was over and i guess the the runner third just saw the, the how the hitter was reacting taking his gloves off and so he just starts jogging home for the winning run but that wasn't the case, thankfully, and, uh, you know, we got, got got really lucky there, and, of course, Ramsey throws the next pitch for a strike, for strikes strike, the guy right. out, and then we go four more innings.
0: Have you so, ever seen that,
2: Coach? So Have you ever innings. seen that no, scenario I, before? I, I haven't. No, that's a first. That's a first.
1: I got you. And I'm, and I'm telling you, when things like this happen, the stars are lining I'm up, telling you, up. man, things like this don't happen in a normal year. My my opinion, this Southern Miss team is. But coach steady for- wins the race, right?
0: One game at a time. Steady,
2: steady wins the race. That's All right. right. And if you're playing hard and doing what you're supposed to do, then the breaks seem to fall your way more often than not.
0: More with Coach Scott Berry on another great week of Golden Eagle baseball. Right after this.
1: Miss to, to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
0: Second segment of the show is sponsored every day by Campus Bookmart at campusbookmart.net on Hardy Street. You can shop them six days a week. You can always shop them online at campusbookmart.net. I want to thank Southern Bank Corps for sponsoring our studios. And I also want to remind you, you can hear the Super Talk podcast on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Tune in. Or, Kelly, you can just tell Alexa to play Super Talk Eagle Hour, and she'll do it right there in your living room. I'm
1: telling you, she doesn't even answer me. She
0: doesn't answer you, huh, no. Kelly? That's not a good sign. Any former female, but yeah.
1: It's... We're talking to head
0: baseball coach <laughs> Scott Barry, after the Golden Eagles go 4-0 over the weekend and uh, really have everybody very excited. Get in here, Kelly.
1: Well, you know, Bob, what we asked Coach Berry, Berry off off the air in commercial break, you know, how do you keep everything in check You know, when things are going this well. And my two cents on that was, generally speaking, I have found in the 140 years that covering sports is that many times teams are direct reflections of their coaches. Uh, Coaches who tend to be high strung and combative usually have teams who are very high strung and combative. Coach Barry has said consistently he doesn't really worry about that, doesn't talk about that. And although the guys certainly do in this social media age know what's going on. I'm, I'm sure that they're very much a reflection of him and, and, you know, steady wins the race in his own in his own words. Coach, I wanted to ask you, um, you know, pitching matchups in particular, uh, most most lay people will get the lefty lefty matchups and so on and so forth. But you obviously have a, a lot more right handers. So take us through the thought process of, of when contemplating a pitching change and which arm to go to when you have an arsenal of about 16 guys that you could use.
2: Well, you know, with today's information technology out there, we're privileged to, to uh, opposing team splits just like they're, they're privileged to ours if they're subscribing to the uh, the services that are out there that, that have these numbers. And when I talk about the splits, what I'm talking about is is what this hitter, how he hits against righties versus lefties, right. whether it be, uh, let's just say, Carson Pato, whether he's, what you know they can say they can look at it and say oh man the numbers say we got to go lefty against this guy because he has not done well or he really handles lefties we need to go with our best guy who can who can match up and in that situation and inherit this trouble that we're in or whatever it is and make that move so those are those are things that that enter in and you know they don't enter in right then they enter in an, an inning before in anticipation of what's going to happen or if this happens and that's also with the communication of getting two guys up down there in the bullpen and it's probably going to be a righty lefty to where we have that opportunity to do that you know the the thing with this staff is is, we haven't used a whole lot of people very much you know we the guys that have seen the majority of the workload out there have given no reason not to see the majority of the workload if that makes sense to you yeah. and the other guys are waiting for their opportunity and rightfully so you just hope that they have a good mind they have a focused mind that're ready for that opportunity understand how to embrace that role and, and not selfishly, but, uh, you know, one that's going to give your team the best chance to win. And, and it's going to happen, you know, you're going to see, you're going to see somebody that's going to go out there before long. That hasn't had a lot of time. And, you know, we talk about it often. You need to be prepared for that. You know, don't fall in your own little pity about you haven't been out there. Um, This, you know, that's ever, you're not the only one that feels that way, but, You know, to to be different and be ready and for that opportunity.
1: But what's intriguing to me about your your decision-making process is because of your experience, and and you've admittedly said that you're more comfortable old-school style, and I don't think I'm misquoting you, you're an old-school guy, but all of these splits and technology that is now in the game, that's very much new age. So, so does the new age stuff kind of ruffle the feathers of the old school, Scott Berry? <laughs> yeah, well,
2: you know, I'm, I'm I'm getting used to it. I'm adapting to it because I see it every day. You know, yeah. I see the shifts that are on us. I see the shifts that we put on them. And, you know, I see the advantages of it. Do, do I like it? I don't really like it. But is there value in it? Yes, there is value in it. And, uh, you know, I think that. If you're going to stay around and, and coach at this level, you've, you've certainly got to learn to adapt with, with several things, and, and technology is, is one of them that you got to be able to adapt with.
0: Coach, one thing I kept thinking maybe we would see a little bit of, and, and maybe it's just because I'm so much older than the kids, but it's a little bit of fatigue because you guys were in Charlotte. You fly back home. You play on Tuesday night in the rain. You're on the airplane Wednesday. You're back in Miami. You've got a long – you had two long series-ending games, extra inning games, but the team seems to not be showing any fatigue. Is that a fair observation?
2: Well, you know, and and not that I've really seen, honestly, Bob. I mean, I think that that – This is a collective group of young men that that embrace a game of baseball. They like to go out and play and we've got great leadership. You know, I think that's the main thing. If your leaders start dragging then it's going to drag everybody else down because those newer guys uh, you know, they're looking at what those older guys do and how they go about their business. And uh, certainly everybody's looking at how we as coaches go about our business. So it all feeds off from one another, but our leadership from the player side, uh, those guys have been outstanding. And, and the mere fact that they, they truly enjoy each other, we have a great clubhouse, and, and it just spills right over there to the field, whether it's practice or play. We'll, we'll practice here in, in another 30 minutes, and I can assure you there will be a lot of energy going at practice, And uh, just because they like to get out and play baseball.
1: And really, Bob, when you look at it, the schedule, we're kind of hitting the home stretch now. Yeah, You know, the month of May is right out, around the corner. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I know they all have fun, but I've
0: got to tell you, Coach, I, I enjoy watching Danny Lynch. He just – that kid just struts around and it looks like no matter the situation, he's just having the time of his life when he's on the baseball diamond.
2: Well, I can tell you one thing. He is in it every pitch, mentally and physically. <laughs> I've had third-base coaches comment to me after the game, my gosh, does he ever shut up? And I'm like I'm like, nope. And and they're saying it in a positive way. I mean, because he's keeping everybody in the game. Not only just the pitcher, but you know, he's talking to Dustin, he's talking to Will, he's he's, you know, reinforcing stuff that's said in the outfield that we might they may not be able to hear us and he relays it on out there, but He's a heads-up baseball player, just like his brother, Timmy, who we had the privilege of seeing down in Miami this weekend. They're both splitting images of one another, just baseball rats is what they are.
0: Right. Uh, He's fun to watch. He's a great kid. We, We had him on the show. Jack set him up for us earlier in the season, and he was just delightful on the show, Coach. Lots of personality. I don't need to tell you that, of course.
1: Yes, sir. And a big week ahead. Now, Bob. Huge week
0: ahead, coach. Tulane tomorrow night. Uh, and then you got got uh, UNO here. And then you got an old foe, Rice, uh, coming here. And, I, and I've learned from you, you take nobody for granted. I, I get that. But I wonder do, when you start getting these lofty rankings, does that put a little more of a target on your back, you think?
2: Oh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, if, uh, you know, whether you're the one that. That has the ranking or if you're the one that's going after the ranking, I mean, you're, you're looking at the target for sure, but you know, we won't draw any attention to that on our end. We'll focus on, you know, going out and playing baseball. What, what I'll try to do is remain focused, remain hungry and, and be humble, you know, and be appreciative that, that you're being recognized. Fans, they enjoy, you know, the polls are great for the fans. The polls are great for recruiting. You know, as far as as far as players, I'm not going to say that it's it's not great for us because it does it does kind of reward you for the work that people see, but you have to keep it in perspective. There's 301 teams that play Division One baseball. Uh, you know, whether you're you're the 13th RPI team in the country or you're the 289th RPI team in the country. and Your job is to go out and play baseball and try to win a baseball game. And and that's what I want us to do. I want us to understand you don't play any harder or you don't play any less mm-hmm. where you're ranked or you go out and you play. And you got to have an opponent to play. And it it may not be the top opponent, but you know what? That's the opponent you have to play and win. So right. that's, that's your job.
0: We've got a pretty tough one tomorrow night. It's never easy to go down there and win. Have you decided who you're going to throw tomorrow night, Coach?
2: Yeah, we're going with Ben Etheridge. So Ben'll make okay, his fifth start. He he hasn't made a start since Dallas Baptist. After that weekend, that's when we moved Tanner to the to the Friday and moved Ben back into the uh into the bullpen and he's performed very well for us there. But, you know, we're at that double midweek right now, so uh, we're we're going to give Ben the ball and uh, trust that he's going to go out and give us a give us a good start.
1: Bob, I know that the North Shore Eagles, which is a really big alumni association down in the New Orleans area, they're planning a really big gathering. Yeah, that'll be a good gathering. Yeah, tomorrow night that, that game. So I'm glad that the North Shore Eagles are making there a special go. effort to gather for that one.
0: Well, Coach, we're all really excited, but we we know. We take it one game at a time, and Steady wins the race. And uh, we're steady with you, Coach. Look forward to uh, having you back on the show with us next Monday.
2: Well, I appreciate it very much. And I've got to give credit to my wife, Laura, for that. For that uh Steady wins the race. She's always told me that, and uh, so I've, I've used that and, uh, and tried to use it well. So uh, uh, we'll, try to, we'll try to get after it tomorrow.
0: And yeah. I'm telling myself that every time we take the field, Coach. Steady wins the race.
1: And we That's do right. want to clarify, though, when Coach Barry said 301 teams play Division I baseball, that includes Mississippi State.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Coach. Have <laughs> All good, right, guys. Good have a good day. All, All right. right. Coach Scott. Not very he's not gonna comment on that. (laughs) No of course not. I don't expect to be right back. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, we want to thank head baseball coach Scott Berry for joining us uh, in the first two segments of the show. This segment sponsored by Four Street Bar and Grill, where you'll find delicious food five days a week. Great lunch is just $9.95. And uh, big games always on the TV. we got to get back down there, Kelly, and uh, do an Eagle Hour well, soon.
1: And I'm down there a good bit. Like I tell you, uh, uh, Squag and Coot keep wanting to know when you're going to come. I tell them you, you can shoot some pretty good pool. And they say, well, we keep hearing that Getty can, you know, can. Where the hell did you get that? You know, I thought you did. back in the day you were a pretty
0: good pool player. Well, back in the day, yeah. Well, back in the day, I could do a lot of things I can't do now.
1: <laughs> Just like a bike, Bob. Just knock off the rust a little bit, and you're right back at it. I
0: talked to Jack Duggan uh, this morning, and uh, this is the, the perfect game. Has the Golden Eagles ranked fifth, D1 sixth, the coaches' poll number six, and Baseball America number seven. Previous highest-ranked Golden Eagle Baseball, they were ranked eighth at the end of the 2009 season. Which was the
1: World World Series. Series. And on
0: May 28, 2018, they achieved the number eight ranking in Baseball
1: America. But
0: clearly, we're in an atmosphere we haven't been before.
1: No, and you know what, what really kind of surprises me is you remember probably six weeks ago or a month ago, they were in the mid 60s or something we like that, buy that no, we never did by that no i didn't no, i'm just no. and like i said i don't know a lot about football i don't know a lot about basketball but i know a little bit about baseball and i'm going what are they not seeing that now i know it's, i know it's tough to keep track of 301 teams you know including mississippi state but it's it's really hard well
0: you beat a horse when he's down don't right? you <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh, I knew this team was going to be good. I, like I said, I don't know what I don't know what they were missing. And the team that ha- the publication that has them ranked fifteenth, collegiate baseball. I don't know well, how that they, they they're be, still on vacation. They, I'm, I'm not sure. Look, I get Tennessee. I get that with the flame throwing pitchers they've got and what right. two losses or but something.
0: But Alabama beat them this
1: weekend. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, everybody loses baseball like no other sport. Yeah, the good. Everybody's going to lose a game. Sure. And,
0: and, and Southern Miss fans need to brace themselves for this. Southern Miss is going to lose a few more games. They're not going to finish the year undefeated. They're not going to lose to fried
1: rice this weekend, though.
0: I don't think they're going to lose to rice. But games like tomorrow night, and I'm not saying they will. I hope they beat Tulane tomorrow night. Tulane's capable of beating anybody in the country
1: on a given night. But that's what's great about the schedule. You remember at the beginning of the year we were talking about how brutal the schedule was? But, But what's cool about this schedule is if they don't play this schedule, they're not sitting there ranked sixth in the country. Oh, boy, they've played it. and I mean, they're doing well playing it, aren't they? Yeah, and they're winning the midweek games. They get the guy. Like I said, when, when that thing happened Saturday night, that was a complete brain fart on the guy for FIU. That, that stuff only happens in Little League when you don't know how many outs there are and you just start trotting home thinking the game is over. You've mm-hmm. got to be more alert than that. So to be the recipient of a really bad mistake – a bad mistake, an embarrassing mistake by the other team mm-hmm. uh, so that you can Cost go, them the game. Could, well, eventually, yeah, another three innings. But, but it did cost them the game. But that's what I'm saying, man. The, right. the stars and moon are lined up. Josh
0: West happened to walk in the studio. He's doing uh, all of our Jones County High School football uh, – baseball for us. And uh, for many years did Lady Eagle basketball. You'd be happy to know that uh, – We broke it to Coach McNellis that the geniuses on Eagle Post had all decided she was retiring. And uh, she was on the show, and, and uh, she, we broke it to her that she was retiring. It was it was real news to Coach McNeilis.
3: Yeah, I guess she enjoyed that. I, and, of course, <laughs> she said, uh, I'm not retiring. I think that tells correct, you the excitement right, that she's she has. She's not going anywhere. That tells you the excitement she has in her returning roster and the players she's got coming oh, yeah. back. And she also brought in a couple of nice transfers. And George just talk about steady wins a race. She keeps on keeping on, I hope. I want to see her win a championship. I want to – she's been so, 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 so close. Um, I think of the four times I had a chance, had the honor to broadcast a conference championship, I think only maybe one time did she have the better team in that game. She kept just – Overachieving, overachieving with those groups on paper, uh, but my goodness, um, yeah. she she always has them in the mix.
0: On a scale of one to ten, Kelly and I think of her as about a thirteen. Is that not right? Yeah, though? she's
1: she's great. She's great. Always willing to talk. Good, you know, good news, bad news, whatever. Yeah. You
0: know. All right, Josh, let's get your take on this baseball team ranked fifth, sixth, and seventh in the country, depending on which poll you look at. Kelly uh, Kelly has told me all year long, just calm down. Quit being so nervous. This team is so loaded with talent that even when they play poorly, they're going to win the vast majority of their games. I can't help but start thinking that this team has the ability
3: to to make a – Scary run at the end of the year, well, it certainly appears that way, and, and I think when you know, you have kelly you 've coached it for forty years you you saw what some of us couldn 't see, and you know what we all hoped for as fans and so you know I think me coming in as a lifer. I mean my earliest memories of of sports fandom is being a Golden Eagle fan is is pulling for Brett Favre is going to MM Roberts Stadium is watching Clarence Weatherspoon and Reed Green and then this baseball college baseball phenomena really getting cranked up in the 90s, early 2000s, and now it is as big as it has ever been. It is continuing to grow, and Southern Miss has found a place at that table as one of, if not the premier mid major programs in the country. Top 10 in attendance. I think that's what bodes so well for us, is that not only are we ranked in the top 10 in the polls, we're ranked in top 10 in attendance, which is what the NCAA is looking at in terms of regionals and super regionals. And so um, I, I just... And and talking to anybody that'll listen and just saying, hey, if you know who to talk to, to encourage them to, I know we've got to do something with three green coliseum, but we also have to strike while the iron's hot to to continue to look at what we're going to do with Pete Taylor Park, because Pete Taylor Park could be an 8,000. 8,500-seat venue to where you can maybe go in and do something with the roost, similar to what has been done in other venues, to be able to honor what those people have done that built the program, make it even better for them, and be able to put even more people in the seats and make fan experiences, uh, experiences for birthday parties and groups and all that, and make this the premier baseball facility one of in the in the Southeast uh, U.S.
1: And I think Scott Barry would would go further and talk about now, part of the reason that the Golden Eagle program has been so successful is the wealth of talent at the high school level, particularly Indeed. here in South Mississippi. Josh lives in, in Petal. I've lived in Oak Grove. He, ja- Josh actually called my son's uh, state championship round uh, when Oak Grove won in the state championship in 2014, so you've been around high school baseball. But you got Peddle, uh, Oak Grove, Sumrall has been fantastic the past two years. You've got West Jones who continues to crank out. You know Cole Tolbert now who is pitching um, at West Jones, a, a freshman at South Jones. You've seen this year, a catcher. So, I mean, just they just continue to crank out great baseball players, not to mention all the kids coming off the Mississippi Gulf Coast. And, and not to mention the two great junior college programs of the series. Jones and Pearl River, where Landon Harper went to Pearl River. The dog.
3: <laughs> and aren't we even forgetting about Hines? Just right up the road, uh, just right. a few miles up yeah. the road. And You mentioned high school baseball, and I'm talking to some coaches, and Uh, From Mississippi is insulated in so many ways, Um, economically, culturally, a baseball culture, a small town, rural culture of Mississippi. This this idea of the showcases, the perfect games they're providing in many states, uh, an avenue for baseball. That is even a notch better than high school in some people's minds. That is not the case in Mississippi. So Mississippi is hiding a lot of those players. They aren't going to the perfect game showcases in Atlanta or Dallas or Houston or other markets. And so we have something that not all states have as well.
1: And you're you're actually going to be calling weather permitting weather permitting. Uh, Yeah, because it's. A lot of the state took a lot of rain yesterday, but you're headed over to Brookhaven,
3: headed over to Brookhaven uh, again tonight, I believe, from everything I've I've seen on paper. And I've got to get over early and talk to the coaches. And then they've just been scrambling. But it looks like six and two Brookhaven in district six and two West Jones tonight on supertalk.fm starting at five o'clock. So two hours earlier, they're going to move that game up to five p.m. West Jones, of course, coached by Trey Sutton, former uh, Southern Miss great
1: great baseball player. Right. He sure was. Right. Well, so we have a busy week. Uh,
0: Golden Eagles are at Tulane tomorrow night. Uh, UNO will be here Wednesday night, and then three games against Rice. And we laugh about Rice, but you can't take anybody for granted. You oh, they're, just can't.
1: They're, they're dreadful they are
0: all How good do you think Wayne Graham looks to all the geniuses over You remember at Rice that when right they were now? saying
1: oh, the old man needs to retire, he needs you know, he needs to go the way of the buffalo, you know. And look, just 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 cuz there's some snow on the roof doesn't mean there's still not a fire in the furnace, baby.
0: No, and he's he, I think he still had it, you know. I his too. last year, his last year Rice was tough on Made a heck of a run in the conference yeah, but, USA
1: tournament. Yeah, but they only finished seven games over five hundred, a record now that they would give anything for. Yeah, you're right because they're not even going to get to five hundred.
0: Well, and one of one more thing you can check off is never having to go to Florida International again, where they were piping in artificial crowd noise. Never have to go back to Western Kentucky. Check check.
1: Or UTSA with their or their aluminum Bird nest, their aluminum junior high bleachers. They literally had
0: John and Jack Duggan <laughs> sitting on top of the press box under a tent at Florida Internet. You
3: forgot about the Huntington, West Virginia YMCA. Hopefully they they're played gonna, at the YMCA at the field YMCA this week. Yes, field. they did. Yes, uh, wow. And and they're supposed to be getting a new stadium. And I hope that for the herd because they've managed a way to be somewhat competitive with zero facilities.
1: And I'll tell you what, I think there's a new. Kindred spirit between Southern Miss, Marshall, and Old Dominion oh, sure. in this CUSA fiasco now as they're, uh, they're headed to the let Let's repeat belt.
0: it one more time. Number five in Perfect Game, number six in the D1 poll, number six in the USA Today Coaches poll, number seven in Baseball
1: America, an RPI of 13. Fun. And Ole Miss is also in that three hundred and one teams. Correct. Supposedly, but, but they're playing not Division in any one of the baseball.
0: polls. The the two I, big the big schools from up north. Have are van- you sure they vanished, Kelly? Are you sure? Bob? I mean, you really got to play bad to be knocked out of the top twenty five when you're in that league, too. Right? Boy, things
1: are rough. Things are rough in Oxford and Starkville right
0: All now. All right, we're going to talk about the USFL. Another good uh, Southern Miss story right after this. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. And hey, welcome back to the Southern Bank Bancorp studio here in Hattiesburg. Luke out a few days. Uh, Bob and Kelly with you uh, this week on the Eagle Hour. This segment sponsored by D1 and DBAT. We've got to get Catherine back on the show here pretty soon. I think she's had a baby and is back at work now. Great place to take your kids for baseball and softball training and great place to go if you're an adult athlete and you just want to get better in your sport, whatever it is, they have a program for you at D1 and DBAT, and we thank them, as always, uh, for their support of the Eagle Hour. i
1: got to tell you, Bob, too, it's great to have our buddy Josh West with us. It was kind of an unexpected surprise today. I've been glad to yeah, have a, a, glad, a real yes. pro, man, sitting in the go. chair.
0: And uh, So, Josh, this weekend, another good Southern Miss story. We've had Larry Fedora on this show several times, and uh, he's the coach of the New Orleans Breakers of the USFL. They win their opener 23-17. Uh, Josh, I'll start with you, and then, Kelly, uh, I tuned in Saturday night, and I was
3: stunned at how many people were there. It was a big crowd at Birmingham for the Stallions. I, I saw that, and uh, I, I was happy to see that crowd. It got great reviews on Twitter. Uh, Clay Travis was really, I think, big on that. Um, and then, of course, now this was an opening weekend showcase. All the teams were in Birmingham. Where, Where's New Orleans going to play? The whole season, everybody's going to play. Okay, the whole se- is that yeah. a COVID thing, or is it no, going to branch out, or is it made just for this television? Year.
1: Just this year. Just this year to
0: okay. kind of limit expenses which I thought was a pretty smart financial move. They don't have travel, all that. The next year, they branch out to their home cities and start playing. I guess the breakers – I don't think it's been determined if they're going to play in the Superdome or maybe at Tulane's, uh stadium. I don't
3: think that's been determined. I, I think it's got a chance. I mean, it, because they're they, yeah. they're learning from the mistakes of the past, yeah, and they're and they're making smart decisions. No, it, it's not maybe the sexiest move to do it like that because Birmingham's going to be by far the best draw. But as those teams cycle through playing yeah. Birmingham, they're going to, get to play in those primetime games. They're going to get to play before crowds, and Birmingham's kind of a fun place to go to go yeah. and catch some top golf and catch. Football game and go get something. It was
1: pretty good quality, don't you think, Kelly? Well, they were real pleased with the ratings. Uh, at one time, they were they had uh, almost four million, almost four million viewers uh, at one time in the opener. That was a, a simulcast on on Fox and NBC. There was one, you know, we had Martin Hankins from Purvis, who's a USFL official. He was actually on the on the show here with us last week. He did the game Sunday morning. They were supposed to. He was supposed to do a second game, which would have been the prime time game last night. But because of the tornadoes and the tumultuous weather that came through here, was hitting Birmingham, they moved that game to tonight. So the Pittsburgh Maulers and Tampa Bay Bandits will play tonight um, in Birmingham. The only thing they didn't learn. The only thing they didn't get right, Josh, is they let Jeff Fisher coach again. <laughs> Man, he got beat. He yeah. got beat. That Bur- poor guy has been recycled I don't know how many times.
0: Birmingham beat New Jersey 28 24. Houston beat Michigan 17 to 12. New Orleans beat Philadelphia. Twenty three seventeen. Tampa Bay and Pittsburgh played it it.
1: Yeah, and Kyle Sloader, formerly of a, had a little limited run at Southern Miss, uh, coaching UNO. A legend, not, not coaching UNO, but <laughs> a quarterbacking legend. Uh, UNO. Legend, legend, Kelly. Look at all the Conference USA oh. connections there. Bob, we talked about uh, the the coach, um, and I was I always forget his name. The guy that was at La Tech, Skip Holtz. Skip Holtz coached this weekend. Larry Fedora, Kevin Sumlin. All Conference USA guys at at one time. Yeah. Uh oh. Uh oh. Josh, are
0: you familiar with Karnak the Magnificent? (laughs) I am. (laughs) Well, Kelly, in his infinite wisdom, contacted, what is his nephew? Yes. Kelnak the Magnificent. Kelnak made an appearance on the Eagle Hour a few weeks ago, and we have a programming note that Kelnak will definitely
1: be here. Kelly, on Thursday I'm told. Thursday. Yeah, the North Star was covered up last night, so Kelnac travels strictly by the stars. On hump the weather on hump, on hump the, the wonder camel. Wonder camel, not the weather camel. Have Campbell. we heard from uh,
0: Hump lately? Uh, we haven't, we haven't, but okay. he'll be
1: here Thursday. Okay. He'll be here Thursday as well. And he, he will he will divine all answers d- 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 around Southern Miss sports. He'll have all the answers for us. <laughs>
0: oh, we, yes. we need those answers. <laughs> yes, they're we sealed, need those uh, they're put in a in a sealed jar. On Dr. Bennett's front porch the night before his appearance.
3: Hermetically sealed? Hermetically Hermetically sealed. sealed. Very good. There we go, Josh. So no
1: one. This is why we have Josh on the show. No one knows the answers (laughs) have seen those questions. Oh, oh, there's Hump. Yeah, well, good. I thought maybe you'd eaten at (laughs) Wards. No, that was that shrimp salad I had. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I know people are going, oh, that's gross.
0: Okay, Al Holden's on the show tomorrow. He's going to update us on Nick Sandlin and uh, and all the kids. Uh, yeah, Southern Sandlin's Miss kids just, yeah, a, just a little a bit. bit. Yeah, with... we'll have Heath Hinton on the Eagle Hour tomorrow. Keith may have some basketball news for us to break and share with uh, our listeners tomorrow. And then a friend of yours is back on the show Thursday in
1: addition to Kellnack. A Southern Miss graduate, Bob Matthews, who probably who probably was around about the time you were, Josh, at Southern Miss, okay. but, but now uh, covers the Washington Commanders. The Commodores. <laughs> with head coach Lionel Richie <laughs> yeah when he tries to get somebody on the side then he'll say hey you <laughs> hey me you know say a few more pronouns for us Lionel uh, but, uh, so. yeah we'll get an update as to what's going on with the with the commanders there with the Southern Miss guy uh, Bob Matthews sorry later you set in, in now aren't you Josh I'm ready. A lot I'm of, ready. A,
0: a lot of people are when they first appear on the show. They go, that was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, no. Gee, I'm a, great, go. I'm a
1: great laugh track. Right, there we go. Oh, that's, so it was him they were pumping in at FAU this week. <laughs> exactly it was actually right. Josh, yes. <laughs> yeah. was
0: Tomorrow at 1 o'clock, we'll be back. Until then, Southern Miss. <laughs> to the top.
1: To the time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping. Into the future